Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Steve Peasley listens to your questions. Okay, let's go back to the calls. Let's talk to James in Kansas City. How are you doing, James? Hey, good. Thanks for taking the call. I always enjoy your, your show and tips. Thank you. I, I'm a boring investor. I hold two ETFs. One is VTI and the other is VXUS. Okay. And I'm calling today in particular about VXUS. And provides unbiased answers. Inexpensive. So I like it. It probably will correct at some point, but maybe dollar cost averaging into might be better over months. Invest Talk. Over 32 million downloads and counting. Your participation makes it unique. 888-99-CHART. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Welcome to Invest Talk. Above Average Investing for the Average Investor. We try to bring you useful information and answer any questions you might have, as long as they're financial. Let's go to Tom in San Francisco. How are you doing, Tom? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. I thank you for your call. I would like to um, ask about long-short equity funds. I've okay. heard a little about that lately. For everybody else, what uh, Tom is asking about is a mutual fund that goes long and a mutual fund that goes short, right? That yes. Issue? Okay. So you're talking about a fund that goes short and long. Yes. There's not too many of them out there. But I kind of like them because you're giving the manager a lot of flexibility. So if something disastrous happens, he can play the market on the downside. You're buying a mutual fund, which is allowing the mutual fund manager to short the market. And for everybody else, shorting the market means that, that you make money if the market goes down. You make money if that particular stock goes down that you're shorting. Long means you make money when the stock price goes up. So if you have a short, long mutual fund, you're letting that guy decide whether he wants to be long, short, or both. And if he's both, he's straddling the market. He's not sure what direction he's gonna, you know, the market's going to go. So you can short really bad stocks and go long really good stocks, and you can make money both ways. But generally, I'll say this. Generally, the market, if it goes in a particular direction, if it's going up, the shorts don't work and the longs work. If it's going down, the shorts work and the longs don't, generally speaking. Tom, there's really not much difference in their management fees and so on and so forth. It's pretty much the same. Also, usually on these long, short funds, you're allowing them to go to cash when they want to. In general, then, are these more risky because they've got shorts in them? They would be considered more risky, Tom. I don't consider them more risky, but the SEC does consider them more risky because shorting the market is more risky. Why is it more risky? Because if you short a stock... To get out of a short is the act of buying. And if the stock goes up that you're shorting, it can go up forever, and you can lose infinite amounts of money. <laughs> that's why they consider it more risky. Now, of course, what manager in his right mind will let it do that? But still, that's the possibility. And if you go long, the most you can lose is all your money. Go down to zero. So it's less risky. To me, that's kind of a silly argument. But the SEC considers them more risky, Tom. In fact, I think if you did the statistics, I think you'd find they're less risky, but they're considered more risky by most people. All right. Thank you very much. Thanks for the call, Tom. Let's talk to Santa in uh, San Diego. How are you doing, Santa? Hi. Thank you. How are you? Good. Thanks for calling. I appreciate it. My pleasure. But uh, thank you for 
having me on your show, but I wanted uh, to ask you about uh, children. Let's say I have my 18-year-old daughter. She's very ambitious, and she saved some money and all that, and we went to open an account as a bank, and I wanted to see what your opinion is on, like, to make the best. I know it's very little uh, interest or little profit they can make out of their little income, but just the beginning, what would be the best route to take? Okay, well, she's so young. Did mm -hmm. she have any earnings last year or this year? Did she work? Uh, this year. Okay, yes. so uh, are you going to open up an yeah. IRA for her? Is that what you were thinking? Uh, well, I don't know, to be honest. We just opened a little uh, okay. checking account in okay. the bank and applied for a credit card. Okay, so uh, the money that you put in the market, Sana, is money that you don't plan on really touching for a long time. So don't. That's fine. So if it's she's doing that, then she should put it in uh, uh, like any kind of account, a discount account, like E-Trade or, or Scott Trade, those kind of accounts. Open up an account in her name, uh, and then she could buy something like um, the S&P 500, which is you can buy all 500 companies with one, one, one position called the SPY. It's an ETF, and you can buy it and just hold it, and she can ride the market in that. And you can do that with very little money and very little cost. Okay, so you do trust the Scott Trade because we have an office right next to where I work. Yes, they're SIPC okay. insured, SIPC insured, up to $500,000. So, yeah, mm -hmm. you, she will never have to worry. They're the custodian. She'll never have to worry about her money, someone trying to steal it. All right. Let me tell you who to steal money. is people that uh, manage other people's money that they do not have SIPC insured. Mm -hmm. So never, ever give your money to somebody who's not SIPC insured. SIP? SIPC. Sounds S great. Thank you so much. Thanks for the she call, Sana. Thank you All very right. much. All right. Have a good day. You can call right now and be part of the program. Let's hear about what your talking point is. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. And you can get through right now. to an encore presentation of Invest Talk. Please call with your questions and comments though, 888-99-CHART, 888-99-CHART, and Steve will answer them on the next Invest Talk. Steve and Justin, I got a question that probably some other people are dealing with. I got a Chinese stock on my TD Ameritrade account. It went to zero or shows zero. Still have the shares there. But I called them and they said to uh, if I transfer them to an out-of-country brokerage, I might be able to, to trade them. Um, do you know of an out-of-country brokerage that someone can trust, or do you think that that executive order would get reversed? You just ought to hang on and wait, see what happens there. Thanks a lot for any information. Love the show. Bye. So he's referring to Chinese stocks that were delisted, delisted from our exchanges by President Trump. Uh, and so when they get delisted, it doesn't mean the company's gone bankrupt. It just means that you can't trade them on our exchanges. If you have a large enough custodian that will have like Goldman Sachs and J.P. Morgan, they'll have foreign branches, and you could probably sell it through that company. So give them a call. Find out. And I wouldn't sell it just – I wouldn't get rid of it just because they're delisted. And I think they might get relisted at some point. 
with a new president. And let's go to Sin or Sai in Oceanside. How you doing, Sai? How you doing, sir? Good. Um, I'm a beginning investor. Okay. <laughs> I have a question about uh, OCT. Uh, are they stock or uh, if you if you buy it, are they easy to sell? Or because OCT. Cheap, so What's OCT? What over the over counter? Over the counter tray, right? Oh, these are you're talking about pink sheet stocks. They call them pink oh, sheets. Oh, okay. Uh, over the counter, it's called also pink sheets. And the uh -huh. reason why they call them pink sheets is because the way people file them, they are on pink paper. Uh, don't ask me why. That's where it came from. To me, most pink sheet stocks will go out of business. Okay, I'll let you know oh. for sure. You can make a ton of money. I can lose all your money on these stocks. And it's really not a good idea for as a beginner to even mess with any of them. They're too mm -hmm. risky. They're very they're usually they're very low priced and they're usually manipulated. People push them up and down and take advantage of other people buying them. They're too easily pushed up and down. The liquidity is too small. Okay. Go Thank to, you. Sai, I appreciate the call. Roland, Mountain View. How you doing, Roland? Fine. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for the call. Oh, I'm interested in ETFs just like everybody else. I'm Perfect. Okay. Is it really tough to try to build a portfolio that's balanced out of ETFs? I don't think so, Roland. I think it's really easy these days. Why? Because if you go to the ETFconnect.com, uh -huh. they break the ETFs down by industries. And they have ETFs in every industry, every market, every country, almost every country anyways. They have ETFs by continents, like the EFA, you know, the Eastern European and Asian market. You can buy an ETF that covers the whole span. Well, what about uh, their um, high beta or low beta, and ah, their small okay. cap, medium? <laughs> they actually have. They, they have do. ETFs that just do small cap or mid cap or large cap. Mid cap growth, small cap growth, small cap. Well, they're back. all segregated. Borland, if you go to that ETF connector or okay. any one of those other offsets, you'll say, man, I can split these things any way I want. I can buy right. 10 shares here, 10 shares there, 10 shares, or 100 shares, 150 shares. I can spread it all around, and I have great diversification with not a lot of money. And uh, what's the minimum to get in? You can buy one share. Well, I mean, if you want to... <laughs> Well, you say, what the minimum? You could buy one share. I wouldn't do that, but no. you could. It depends on your trading cost. Let's say your trading cost is $10 a trade. Well, you know, I would like to buy enough to make it, you know, I don't, so I don't have to double my money just to break even on the ETF. So uh, for me, you know, I, I think you need to have about 25000 bucks, and then you can get a very good spread, and the trading cost won't kill you. Okay. Okay? All right. Thanks a lot. Steve. Thanks, Roland. Appreciate the call. Here are the directions for reaching Steve this afternoon with your question. Just call 888-99-CHART, C-H-A-R-T. Have a question about how best to get into the market? Or maybe you're feeling unsure about your current investments. That's what this is all about. This is Invest Talk. Hey, Steve and Justin. Damien from New York here. I just had a question for new investors for 2021. What stocks do you think are good to start off with and what do you have on cryptocurrency starting off thank you for most people i would say stay away from cryptocurrencies no one knows where they're going to go there's no way to evaluate it you know there's no way to know that for instance uh, uh how much it's worth how do you know how much a cryptocurrency worth what do you base that on there's nothing you can base it on they're very new it's just impossible. So I would stay away from cryptocurrencies. 
Uh, new technologies, as I said earlier in another question, I think you need to look at uh, electric vehicles. Uh, you got need to look at maybe precious metals for this year, uh, maybe uh, commodities of all kinds. You know, think in those kinds of terms. Let's go to Paul in San Francisco. How you doing, Paul? I'm great, Steve. My question, I'm approaching the second half of my 40s. Okay. <laughs> and um, I work for a private company with a 401k. Okay. So, you know, realizing that I need to kind of get off my duff and uh, really start getting serious about uh, my 401k and investing, I'm dumping a lot of money into it, you know, 20% of my paycheck. Okay, good for you. Yeah, you know, I'm not a financial manager. I do other work, you know, and I think I know what I'm investing in. My question, I guess, is should I seek out financial advisor to kind of look over what my options are in my 401k and say, you know, hey, this is good, this is not good? The answer is yes, and that financial advisor would be me and Justin, <laughs> okay. and, we'll, and we'll do it for free, Paul, free. Yeah, okay. we do it for a lot of the 401k. If you'll send me an email telling me what choices you have in your mutual funds, I'm assuming you have a limited number of choices, right? Right. Okay, tell me what choices you have and what you invested and how much in each of those right now. You're mm -hmm. usually going to attach a statement to an email to me. Right. And then right. I will respond telling you what you should do. And if you do that every three months or so, we will help you adjust it best based on what's going on in the economy. Outstanding. That Appreciate will help it. you a lot. And just so you know that I'm, I, I, will, I do this for free for everybody, but I do have an alternative motive. Maybe you're going to quit that company and go to another company 10 years from now, and then you can roll that into an IRA and you want me to manage it because I've been helping you for 10 years. See, gotcha. so I don't want you to think I, you know, I'm just a nice guy. I am a nice guy, but that's not, uh, you know, I, I do have a, a motive down there. I don't want someone, Paul, to call me up and say, you see, you're really doing this for your own reasons. Well, I want to help people, but yeah, I have my own reasons, too. Yeah, yeah. we're in business for a reason. Yeah. Okay, Thanks, great, Paul. Steve. Hi, gents. How's it going? My name is Raphael from Chicago. Just had a question about my Roth IRA. I'm trying to see how many stocks I should have on my portfolio. Right now, I have quite a few. I have about 20, 25. It's only about $20,000. So I've seen some kind of mild gains on some, some mild losses. But I'm just trying to find the sweet spot on how many stocks I should really have. Thanks. Bye. You're right in that sweet spot. Uh, no less than 15, no more than about 30, 35. No more than 5% of your portfolio in any one stock when you buy it. We use 3%. That means 33 stocks, basically. Um, it depends on how, if you can keep track of them. So you're kind of right there in that 20 stocks. But what you got to do is make sure it's like not 10% in this stock and 1% in that stock. No, they need to be, when you buy them, you kind of want to be even. Okay, equal amounts in each one. And then you just rebalance as time goes off because you're going to have, goes on because you're going to have winners and losers, obviously, but you rebalance every so often. You're listening to Invest Talk, everybody. I'm Steve Peasley. We want to answer your questions. Our listener line number is always ready for you 888 99Chart. Beginning our experience, we're here to answer your questions. The stock market is volatile, it's constantly changing. So how are you positioned? Is your portfolio properly balanced or are you taking unnecessary risks? You can get guidance anytime for free 
if you go to investtalk.com and take the brief Riskalyze quiz. Hey, Steve and Justin. This is Pete from North Carolina. I'm looking at ticker symbol RGR, Sturm Ruger and Company. It looks like it's pulling back some. Uh, it might be hitting the bottom. Uh, it's at 75 at this point. Just seeing what your thoughts are and a good entry point. Thanks. RGR, Strom, Strom Ruger and Company, makers of pistol revolvers, pistol rifles, shotguns under the Ruger name, primarily for the commercial sporting market. Uh, they've had some great sales, okay, since the riot started a year or so ago. Sales really picked up for all firearms. Uh, they're going to make $6.76 this year, $6.32 next year, as because they made five oh nine the year before. So, you know, sales have increased 40 50% every quarter for the last four quarters. Before that, sales were kind of mixed to flat. So, so all the good news is built into the stock. It's a $76.77 stock. It's going to make $6.32. Therefore, the P.E. is, you know, pretty reasonable at, what, 12 13 And that's kind of on the low end. But remember, earnings are going to go down next year. Not a lot, but down. Uh, really good return on equity, 33%. Uh, mutual funds are buyers. It's got all those good signs that, you know, it's a good, strong company, and it is a good, strong company. It was at 92 and is now back to 76. And right around this area is strong support. So this should be, this probably is a good buy point, but I just don't want you to get carried away think it's going to have huge growth going forward. It's probably going to revert back to small to flat sales growth. Ruger, R-G-R is the symbol, everybody. Well, we started the show today with a best of segment because we had technical problems between my site and the studio. But the problems are fixed now, and we're live, so I want you to give me a call. It is Tuesday, August 3rd, 2021. So as we move through the summer, it's, you know, as you know, it's been pretty volatile. And you need to maintain your focus on your portfolio. We all know that, right? So they got to keep that up. It never changes. It's always the same. Your focus. You don't have to. You don't have to look at your account every day, but you need to know what's going on with the companies you own. And we're on a program today, and every day we start with the same mission statement as independent thinking and shared success. So we'll help you with this focus. We will help you. And, you know, when I say shared success, I am I expect you to give me some ideas. I have I have bought stocks from people calling, what about this stock? What about that stock? I have done that in the past. So I, I expect you to share with me as I share with you. Remember, we're sharing our success. We'll give you accurate information. We'll be as honest as a day is long. That's all we want to do. Provide information to you and teach you how to do this if you want to do it yourself. It's not easy but it's not impossible to learn either. It does take time. So my focus point today, it looks like U.S. consumers are ready and willing to spend money. So it is amazing how much money people are spending. We're going to talk about that. That's, you know, this is according to MasterCard, consumer spending in America and the habits we're seeing. My trivia question at the halfway mark, will focus on uh, a way to save more money for retirement. Hint downsize early okay my trivia question is coming up as i said in about 10 minutes or so well maybe not that long maybe five minutes or so other topics i want to talk about 
another supply chain disruption. We've had disruption after disruption after disruption from COVID. But this is due to flooding. Want to mention that? GE, do you see that GE did a one for eight split? What does that mean? One for eight split. And is August a bad month for stocks? Many think so, you know. But what are the real numbers? So those things we're going to talk about. I want to talk to you first, though. 888-99 charters are our number. The market was up today, pretty nice. The Dow was up 278 points, the Nasdaq up 80, and the S&P up 36. So it started the day off kind of choppy to down. Yesterday was kind of mixed, but it ended up pretty decent today. So you know what? This resurgence of COVID cases and stuff is making market participants pretty nervous. Where you can see that most is in hotel stocks especially in the Vegas stocks, Las Vegas stocks. You see them falling pretty hard because nervousness about, well, are you going to stay open? Are you going to, what, what's going to happen? Are we going to have a reshot down? I don't think so, by the way. I don't think so. But it's making the market nervous. Market participants are pretty nervous out there. Okay, um, new, the newsletter goes out every Friday, as you know, our premium newsletter. If you want to take a look at it, I give you a couple of stocks every week as as a, a, to put on your watch list, stocks that we like. But I always go over the week's statistics, what the market's doing, and give you a little bit of guidance, what I think you might expect. And I've been calling for sev- several months now, volatility. Expect volatility. We're going to continue. So as the break gets, we want, as the break comes on here, we're going to give you a trivia question. Downsizing your home is often thought of as a right of passage for folks moving into retirement. So when people choose to go smaller early in life, it can seem like a step backwards, but not necessarily. For example, downsizing might be the solution for people who suffered work losses or fell behind in their mortgage payments or just didn't save enough money fast enough to live a comfortable retirement. So after we go to break, here's my trivia question. Can you name four or five reasons why you might be better off downsizing before retirement? At the break, I'll give you the answer. The phone number is 888-99-CHART. As we move through summer, you'll want and need unbiased answers to your finance and investment questions. You've come to the right place. Invest Talk. 888-99-CHART. Okay, before the break, I gave you a trivia question. Can you name four or five reasons why you might be better off downsizing before retirement? Downsizing your home. So here's a few reasons. Well, one is just to get rid of clutter. You know, over the years, we, you and I collect cl- clutter. We collect things. We have lots of stuff we don't really need. And you might make a little bit of money by doing a garage sale. One thing you can do, you can save on uh, mortgage costs if you're going to move into a smaller house and it's not paid for. But the idea is if you move from a bigger house to a smaller house, hopefully you can pay it off completely with the equity in the bigger house that you had. Now, one thing you got to pay attention to, especially here in California, is property tax. Because when you buy sell a house and buy another one, you might get a... a uh, ratchet up in your property tax, but if you're old enough, you get to bring the old tax base with you. So you got to just consider that. Okay. 
reduce utility expenses, you spend less on home improvements and home maintenance kind of things, water bills, especially in California, you know, I spend a fortune on water and I try to be as conservative as I can. I mean, hundreds of dollars a month fortune on just water. So there's things you can do. Uh, um, Maintenance and water and utilities for me are pretty expensive. Um, So that would be a good reason for me to downsize. But you know what? It's hard to do that in some cases because you like where you live. It's your home. How long have you been in your home? You know, I'm very comfortable in my house and, you know, I don't really want to downsize. So if I can afford it, I won't. But there's some things... Most people want to maybe want to move to a place that you your ideal location to retire to. Well, you can do that sooner if you, especially this day and age, if you can work from home. Okay, let's go back to the calls. Let's talk to James in Kansas City. How are you doing, James? Hey, good. Thanks for taking the call. I always enjoy your your show and tips. Thank you. you. Appreciate yeah, it, listeners. Thank you. Um, I, I'm a boring investor. I hold two ETFs. One is VTI, and the other is VXU. Okay. And I'm calling today in particular about VXUS. Okay. Um, I got a substantial bonus in work and was going to dump more into that. So I do the 70 30 split. My question to you is VXUS seems to be on a tear. Would I be smart to just wait a few months and let it or let it dial back down? Or or does it even matter in a strong ETF like a Vanguard uh, International? And, uh, I'll listen to your thoughts. Thank you for taking the call, sir. VXUS, Vanguard Total International Stock Market. It's an ETF seeking performance corresponding to the global all-cap index. It's a very broad index, a very good one, and and inexpensive. So I like it, but I can't tell you, and no one can tell you, uh, when and if it it's going to fall. Uh, it probably will correct at some point, but maybe dollar cost averaging into it might be better over months instead of just dumping it all at one time you know, it's, it probably is a wiser thing. I, w- I would love for a 10% correction, then I'd dump it all in. Thanks, James. Appreciate the call. Let's go to Gene in North Carolina. Gene. Yeah, Steve. Uh, yeah. Thanks for taking my call. I wanted to follow up with you on some information you gave about an HSA last Friday. Yes. Yeah, all the information you gave was great, and uh, I had just two quick tips. One is uh, I've had an HSA for over 10 years now. Uh-huh. Um, is that the best in source for information about and in, in the details about an HSA of what you can do and what you cannot do is, is an IRS form, form 8889, tells you how you take how you can deduct from your um, from your tax from your taxes, okay, um, the contribution and also if you take a distribution how to handle that, and the other tip is for the the situation you mentioned about having possibly having too much money near uh, the end of your life in terms of having a, a too big a balance and, and not having people inherit it uh-huh. because of tax reasons, is once you're on Medicare, you can use it, the HSA funds, to actually fund the premiums for eight, for your Medicare. Ah, good. That's a good But prior uh, to Medicare, yeah. you cannot use the HSA funds to fund regular Healthcare health plan. insurance right. premiums. But you so, can use it for, for Medicare. Medicare premiums and long-term care premiums. Cool. Okay, I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm not an expert in it by all, any means. But thanks for the information. I appreciate it, Gene. Thank you. Thank you. 
By Focus Point today, concerns, it looks like U.S. consumers are ready and willing to spend more. Now, consumer spending in America is on pace to exceed pre-pandemic levels. This is according to MasterCard CFO, uh, Sachin Mahar. Now, he told the CNBC, COVID stimulus and increased savings continue to be, to be the catalyst for the spending. So remember, people didn't do anything. You know, we're in COVID. We were locked down. We didn't spend any money. We spent money, you know, online and stuff, but, you know, not that much. And we got all this stimulus money still still being spent, right? Still being spent. So people are spending. Uh, then they kind of, according to this uh, CFO, they're, they're, they're kind of they're an aversion to cash or using credit cards, digital payments of some kind. So... This is, I mean, we're talking not minor. We're talking is 27% more from the same quarter in 2019. That's a huge, okay? Year over year, 34% year over year increase to $619 billion total credit card activity. So people are looking to spend, and they, and they are spending. So, and it's interesting because we still have a, you know, relatively high unemployment rate. I mean, it's not nearly, it's not pre-COVID levels, but people are spending money. So I find that interesting and not, but not surprising. Interesting, but not surprising. I, I, I'm looking at myself. I'm, I'm spending more meeting, going around, visiting family that, you know, the various parts of the country for a couple, three days. And I've done more trips this year than I've ever done over the weekends and Mondays and Tuesdays, you know, and then come back. So I, I'm part of that spending, I'm sure. Okay. Now let's pivot back to Invest Talk Voice Bank. Your calls come in all day, every day, and all night. We love it and we appreciate it. Here's one from 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve. Hi, Justin. My name is Jeff from Rhode Island. I was calling about ticker symbol Apple. Just calling to see what your thoughts were, you know, as far as the company having blowout earnings, revenue, sales, all that uh, last week reported and the sell-off and rolling of price, which happened. I have Apple for about an $81 average cost per share, and I was just wondering if that's a long-term hold as well. Some people call it a forever hold. Just your thoughts and opinions on this. Thank you. Well, I'll never say forever, but I will say, yeah, long-term. We've owned it since 2008 in many of our managed accounts, and we just keep adding to it as new clients come in. I don't know if I would add to it right now because it seems kind of pricey right now. Apple's a great company, and I don't need to remind you what it makes. But earnings jumped from 328 in 2020 to 554 is the estimate for this year, and then 562 next year. Sales the last three quarters, 21%, 54%, 38% growth. Before that, it was in the single digits mostly, you know, between 1% and 10%. Then it jumped. And... I'm, you know, it's $147 stock, going to make $5.62 next year. So it's not cheap, okay? It's it's close to, what, 30 PE? So it's not an expensive. I mean, for years, from 2008 on, for years, the PE was hanging around 15. 15. Now it's at 28. Return equity is very high, 74%. Uh, mutual funds were 5621 a year ago. And as of June, end of June, 5,894. 
So 200 more mutual funds bought into Apple. Um, pays a really tiny dividend, so that's not really... I, I, I don't know if i buy more at this stage because I think it's just pricing. I think, uh, you know, any kind of correction, you buy it and you buy it and just hold on to it. That's what I think. I like Apple. Been holding it for a long, many years. 888-99-CHART, everybody. Give me a call. Love to talk to you. Okay, another supply chain disruption. I'm sure you saw the news. Massive flooding in Hunan province in China. There's several large manufacturers in Hunan province. That flooding destroyed rail lines, destroyed piles of raw material. There is a mess there. So you add that Chinese flooding to the Western Europe flooding, and you got a big problem, a cascading effect of supply chain disruption. And it's going to be a messy one. They're saying that, you know, the holiday the holiday shopping season will be adversely affected. So expect to have shortages during that. And remember, the back-to-school shopping is coming up, or is already here. I think August is when they start. So um, that's going to be affected as well. And I have personal experience that the, the supply chain disruption is really a mess. I've been trying to buy a new bicycle. And I finally gave up and bought one because it would never got to shore the one that I wanted. So I bought another one because it was on it wasn't delivered and they didn't know when it was gonna come. And after months of waiting I gave up. So I know for a fact it's a problem. Anyways, 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Will in San Diego. How you doing, Will? Oh, pretty good, Steve. I certainly enjoy the show and uh, all that you guys do for us listeners. Thank you. My ticker symbol is SKLZ. I'm down on it and wondering if I should just get out of it. Okay, let's take a quick look at it. This is uh, Skills, Inc., S-K-I-L-L-Z is the name of the company. Skills, I guess you call that. Uh, operates through a platform that helps players discover mobile games and compete against other players. It's a $5 billion company, but it doesn't make any money. So it could, the price, no one knows what it's worth. It shot up to over $40, $45 or so, and now it's at $13.61. It started off around below $10 back in June 2020. So it's had a wild ride. Sales are still increasing pretty fast, 52% in the most recent quarter. Before that was 92%, 95%, 92%, 118 and the most recent quarter, 52 So you had a slowdown in the most recent quarter, and those near 100% growth might be COVID-related. That's possible. But it doesn't make any money. So it's impossible to know, well, what is it really worth? I can't figure that out. I can tell you that there's pretty strong support on a chart right where it is, right around $14, okay? So between probably 13 and 14 is where it's probably stop, going to stop going down. And if they could turn the sales into profits, which they should be able to do, this stock will take off. Now, it wouldn't be for me because I don't like to buy stocks that don't make money. I like to see, I'm a show-me guy. Show me that you're making money, then I'll buy you. So um, I, if you already have held on to it this long, I'd probably hold on a little longer and see if it finds support between 13 and $14. Drops below 13 I don't know. I think I might give up. Appreciate the call. Thank you.
And that's skills, symbol S-K-L-Z, S-K-L-Z, okay? Summer's going by pretty fast. We're here we are in August. Man, August. My birthday's coming up shortly. August 11th is my birthday. Um, so I get a special cake my wife makes for me once a year. Once a year, I get it. Anyways, summer's going by pretty fast. Uh, kids are starting to go back to school. You know, there's lots of things happening, but you still got to keep your, your focus on your portfolio, okay? I'd like to talk about our company a little bit, if I could. We're located in Orange County, California. KPP Financial is the name of the corporation that does uh, puts on investtalk.com, InvestTalk's radio show, as you're listening. We're in Orange County, which is between L.A. and San Diego, by the way. Um, and here on InvestTalk at KPP Financial, we operate with the same philosophy, independent thinking, shared success. And what that really means is I will buy the same thing. I do buy the same thing for myself as I do for the clients at the same time, same percentage in all our five different portfolios we have. I do the exact same thing with my own money. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I share the, the joys and pain if we have any pain. I share it with you. So I like to do that. Same percentage, same profit, same everything. My, 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 my accounts might be a little bit bigger than yours. Some of them they're not. <laughs> but, but, but I will do the exact same thing you, you do in performance. So we really, we really do want to help you. So if we can help you, we'd like to take a look at your portfolio. Give us a call. We have, you don't have to become a client for us to do that. And we'll be happy to give you our opinion, our opinion on your holdings. So to do that, just go to investtalk.com, send us an email, get in contact with us. This is InvestTalk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here, to help you achieve financial freedom. And our work will continue after this break. Okay? We will get to iTunes review question next. But you can call now, live, 888-99-CHART. You are listening to Invest Talk. Every Friday on the program and the podcast, Steve Peasley shares highlights from the newest edition of the KPP Premium Newsletter. Listen Fridays to Invest Talk. And now, Steve and Justin welcome your calls and questions. 888 99Chart. 888 99Chart, everybody. When people take the time to leave an Invest Talk podcast review, on iTunes, we'd like to thank them for their courtesy by getting to their questions quickly. So let me tackle one here. Emery, 822, he had a question about Adobe, A-B-A-D-B-O, A-D-B-O. I was curious if you guys could touch on Adobe on the show. I got it at 499 Well, now it's at 621 And it's only shot up from there, 499 Do you think it's worth buying more considering their trajectory or... Look to gain some pro- to take some profits. Well, I think I would just hold on to it. I don't. I don't think you should add. Remember, part of your job is to balance your portfolio. You should have a portfolio of stocks. And when stocks go up, this fifty percent like this has, it might be getting out of balance with the rest of your holdings. In other words, it's too heavy. So this would be a good time to take profits because it's selling right at its highest range PE ratio, fifty four. PE ratio is ratio is twenty eight to fifty six in the last five years. But the numbers are still very healthy. So it's not a stock I'd be anxious to get out of, but I would be more inclined to take profits 
but not getting out of the company completely just takes them off the table, what I would suggest. And we get a lot of questions. Another one was a uh, call and uh, a guy who did us the favor of uh, rating us on on iTunes is a Playboy. And we have, we've had, uh, we've talked about Playboy many times over the recent weeks. So he wanted to know about strike price and leaps and things. But just, you know, we've, we've talked about it so often, I just wouldn't want to bore everybody else. So we'll just let it go with that. We like the stock. We think it's got good potential. Okay? 888-99-CHART. Let's squeeze in another Investile caller question from our same number, 888-992-4278. Hey, guys. Really appreciate your podcast. I had a question for you. wanted to get your thoughts on UNP, Union Pacific Railroad. I appreciate it. Thank you. Okay, UNP is a very large railroad, $143 billion in size. Remember, a big cap company is anything over $10 billion. So this is $143 billion. So it's a mega cap, right? I mean, huge. Um, their recent sales jumped 30%. Before that, sales were shrinking. Now, this provides rail transportation with 32,000 miles. Okay, 32,000 miles of track in 23 states, mostly in the western United States. They're going to make $10.04 this year, $11.31 next year. It's a $220 stock. So it's trying right around 20, 22 PE. The five-year range is 12 to 28. So it's kind of on the upper side of its range. Great cash flow, strong return on equity, 32%. Mutual funds are buying, not fast, but they are buying over the last year. I pay a 1.9% dividend. So I like the stock especially on a recovery in the economy. Um, and if gasoline prices stay high, you there'll be more shippers using rail. Okay? So I kind of like the stock, and I think it's at a fairly high price. I'd probably be more inclined to buy it on a pole. UNP, Union Pacific Corporation. Okay. GE did a reverse split of one for eight. Okay? So if you had eight stocks of GP, GE, now you have only one. And the price went up. Why did they do that? One of the reasons is they're required to maintain a certain price to be on the New York Stock Exchange. You cannot, you cannot below be below ten dollars. You cannot. Now they'll give you time to get the price up, but you you can't be below ten dollars. So that's one of the reasons why they reverse split. Now they, the profits and sales did beat beat expectations. In recent, you know, recent numbers. But that, you know, if people ask me, well, why would they do that? Well, they wanted to get the stock price up. It's now $103 a share. So they don't have any danger, right, of dropping below that $10 range. Okay? Are we done for the day? I can't believe that. I can't believe that. I'm already finished. I'm Steve Peasley, everybody, and this completes another Talk program. Justin Klein, and I thank you for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family members about our free podcast downloads. And remember, you can get it anytime you want at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Vestock.com. And be sure to review us, and we really would appreciate you rating us on, on, on iTunes. We really would. Uh, so we will give you, you know, we love those ratings, good, bad, and different. We want to hear from you. You can browse our podcast by topics, for example, 401ks, cryptocurrencies, U.S. labor market, Chinese stock concerns, anything. 
Independent thinking, share success, everybody. This is Invest Talk. Have a great night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART. 